Hi, this is Andrew Brewer. I'm the host of the Healthcare Insights in Northwest North Carolina podcast coming to you live from Northwest Area Health Education Center at Wake Forest School of Medicine. And today I have the honor and privilege to introduce my guest, um, Beth Knott. And Beth is a seasoned veteran audiology, clinical audiologist um, with a uh, doctorate uh, degree in audiology and is a board-certified uh, health and wellness coach. And I know Beth from a course I'm taking at Randolph Community College in health and wellness coaching. Um, so it's a topic dear and near, near and dear to my heart. Um, and I'm going to start by saying welcome, Beth. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your background and how you uh, became to uh, or came to be a health coach? Yes, yes. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of the backstory. Um, I have been an audiologist um, for 20 years and absolutely loved being an audiologist. Um, worked a good bit of my time with pediatric patients, and there's nothing more rewarding than giving a child the gift of hearing. Um, and I never, ever thought that there would be anything that would take me from audiology. And I discovered health and wellness coaching um, just on a whim, just happened to see an article on it and thought, wow, that's pretty cool. And I've, um, I've always been um, very interested in health and wellness. And um, I've always been that person that is at the gym and kind of doing the things. I just, I just fell in love with the world of wellness, just kind of learning myself how much better we feel and do when we take care of our bodies and, and do the things that our bodies really crave and, and need. And so I took the certification class and literally day two was like, wow, I will do this. Um, this is pretty amazing. So I worked part-time and was just coaching part-time. And then just decided I'm ready. I'm ready to, to, to do this, kind of reach that point where I felt like, am I serving my patients on both sides of the hat here? And I probably need to just dive full in. Um, and so I did. And here I am doing it full time. And um, it's been a heck of a ride, but it's super rewarding. And I have just loved every minute of it. Well, great. And so. That transition from an audiologist into health coaching, I mean, you, you, you can clearly hear and see the passion um, that you had for, for serving your patients. Um, how, how much of a challenge or how easy was it for you to um, go into coaching versus being more of a, 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 a care provider in, in, in the spirit of care providers usually are prescriptive and mm -hmm. coaching are not. So can you, can you riff a little bit on, on how that worked for you? Yeah. So that's actually a great question. Um, I will say it honestly made me exponentially better audiologist. And so what really happened was, as I was going through health coaching and learning a lot of that, 
um, letting the patient be the guide, I actually started applying that in my work as an audiologist. And wow, you talk about having someone who is truly ambivalent about getting hearing aids. And when you ultimately flip that coin back to them and truly listen to their reasons of why they are hesitant about getting hearing aids, um, it made all the difference in the world. And so it, it can present as a challenge because it is kind of that knee jerk of, oh, gosh, OK, well, I know this, this, this and this. And I know all of these facts about treating hearing loss and that if you treat your hearing loss, blah, blah, blah. And when you just allow the patient to talk and you listen to them, it really does work in their favor and they're so much more successful. And so what was seemingly a challenge, honestly, once you saw how that worked, it became easier and easier because it just makes sense when you allow that patient the space and the ability to really kind of talk through some of that. So um, at times it can be a little challenging because it's habit and that's kind of what we know. But at the same time, it was so profound that it was actually a lot easier for me to make that shift as an audiologist and even as a parent and, you know, kind of in all the things that we do. Um, so it um, it was a very um, you know fun discovery, actually, to make as I was working as an audiologist and going through learning those skills as a health coach. I, I, I bet. I mean, that's what sticks out to me is just how uh, prescriptive and corrective reflex we have in, in well, that I assume I'm not a practitioner in the medical field, but I, I do work on a lot of uh, online courses and, and with faculty on delivering education. And I see how, um, you know, they the desire for introducing the trans theoretical model of in the states of change and motivational interviewing and all that um, is because we do know that being the the guide uh, to to, well, to guide the patient into their own uh, compliance and their own behavioral change and things, how successful that is. But then we're faced with this challenge of, of a time-based, uh, time-restricted uh, visit um, or encounter with the patient. So there's there's these competing forces. And and um, was that a, a, a challenge in the brief amount of time you had with your patients to also integrate uh, coaching techniques? Um, sometimes and sometimes not. It depended on the appointment allotted. So when when we're first diagnosing that patient, a lot of times we don't have the time set aside to do a true hearing aid evaluation. Um, and so it, it can get tricky then. And, and I will say I've had many of spouses that um, are not happy with the audiologist because I, I am that audiologist that will look at someone and say, you're not ready. And, you know, if you're if you're not ready, any audiologist can appreciate this. You are not going to be successful because people think of hearing aids as eyeglasses and you just pop them on. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can see the leaves on the trees again. And it's not like that at all. It is, you know, it's, it's more closely related to having your knee replaced. You're you're going to feel different in the beginning. You're going to have to go through rehab. You're going to have to retrain your brain to listen in a very, very different way. And that does not happen overnight. And so there is a lot of change that comes in that situation. Um, and when you allow the patient 
the ability to come on their own terms. And typically what happens is when you give them that space, they come back. You know what? I'm ready now. Mm-hmm. I understand what's involved. Um, so, yes, it can get tricky time wise and it can get tricky when they're not quite ready. But again, when you listen and you validate their reasons for not feeling ready, then they usually figure it out pretty quickly. You're like, you know, I, maybe I really could change my life here if I'm ready to do that. So, um, well, yeah, the, I mean, health coach, what excites me is it just it really is helping people find that motivation within themselves for behavioral change and to make themselves a better version of themselves. So that's, I mean, that's really, you know, exciting to me is when you see someone uh, feel their inner light and, you know, that that inner drive to do that. And it's not so easy for those who are not ready to change or haven't seen that. And I think, you know, maybe you can describe a little bit about, um, you know, the industry of health coaching and how, the the spectrum of those who have sort of been adjudicated to go to health coaching versus those who are seeking it themselves. So you want to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the trends and challenges and, and there's a lot of doors I'm opening there, but, you know, just take it away on, on, on where we are and where we've been and how we got here. Okay. Whew, so that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, okay. So let me touch on the first part of kind of, people coming to me that aren't necessarily ready to come to me versus people that aren't? Was that the first kind of part of the question? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there are some people who have gotten, a, say, a type 2 diabetes diagnosis. And yes. their doctor says, well, one of the things you're going to have to do is go to this coaching session. Yes. And so they, you know, they're sitting here. They've just been diagnosed. They don't like the doctor because they, they felt, you know, that that hierarchy or that uh you know power differential or that being talked down to or just being shocked that oh my god my lifestyle has brought me to this state i'm in and i don't know you know first of all i'm angry at you know him or her the doctor or i'm angry at myself for getting this way and there's a lot of things going on and they might be like just resistant to the whole process versus, you know, it, well, I mean, talk about a, a bit about that patient profile and how how that process can get them moved from uh, resistant to ambivalent to ready. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I do have um, a bit of a perspective kind of of that patient, particularly when it comes to. So one of the hats that I wear is. I'm here in Randolph County, so I live in Asheboro, um, and I am contracted with the Randolph County government who provides health coaching to all of their employees, um, and, and anyone is eligible, and if those who do not meet their biometric screenings, um, if they would like to qualify for some of those rewards that then come with passing your biometrics, if they go through health coaching, then they will actually qualify. So I do have a handful of, I'm only here because someone's telling me to be here versus some that are really excited to be there. Um, And, you know, props to her county for providing the service because they're really moving mountains down here. I mean, it's amazing. Um, the things that are happening just around health coaching. It's awesome. But I will say most of the time, once we sit down and talk, 
it's a very different impression they have of health coaching. And the beauty of health coaching is when you think of health and wellness coaching, the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, I need to eat better. I need to start exercising. And a lot of times when that diabetic comes to you or, you know, whatever it is, whether it's the the high blood pressure or the triglycerides or kind of what is raising that red flag of them needing to come through health coaching. Um, when we sit down and talk and actually discuss the fact that health coaching is a holistic approach. So we're actually not just talking about how we're eating. We're not just talking about what our movement looks like. And we're really digging into that person as a whole. And there's so many dimensions that tie into wellness. You know, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about financial strains. We're talking about time management. We're talking about all of these things that really tie into making us who we are. And when we really take that helicopter holistic view, a lot of times what that patient learns is, wow, I'm a little out of balance in this area that I never even knew was impacting me. And when we show that area a little bit of love, then it just grows in all the other areas. And so they really discover that, wow, it's not really just about my eating. When I was able to really get my organization skills taken care of, okay, I was able to then meal prep, which was really leading to me going through the drive through and eating the way that I needed to not really eat. And so it really does turn into this you know, discovery of, okay, it is all related in the face of value over here is yes, I have diabetes, but wow, it wasn't even really my eating patterns per se that were getting in the way of me really being able to live the way that I want to. Um, and, and that is a huge discovery that almost is a relief a lot of times. Um, because they do discover, wow, I have the power to make these changes. And I never knew the barriers that were in front of me and just kind of discovering some of that and allowing them to feel good about knowing they can move forward and knowing they can make some changes really kind of eliminates the initial barrier of, I cannot believe I'm here. I don't want to be doing this. <laughs> well, now, now contrast that. And I love all of that. And I think that one of the beauty uh, the beautiful moments in that is when someone may be a little reluctant, but then realize like, wow, I'm really solving some major mm -hmm. lifestyle issues that may be time management, maybe budgetary, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe relationship, maybe stressors from a lot of different aspects in life that impact uh my my nutritional choices or my lack of uh my lack of exercise and those kinds of things so i think and i want to get back to that in, in the misconceptions about what health coaching is and you know contrast that with with a patient who who's like i know i need to change my lifestyle and i'm i'm I, i'm overweight i'm i'm sedentary and I, you know i'm making the move to go visit this health coach um you know, is that almost in a way, is that type of patient or that type of client, let's say, uh, harder because or, or not harder, but more challenging because they know they want to change, but they may not. They may fixate on the diet and exercise part mm -hmm. when it could be a whole different different piece of their lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, 
a lot of times the discoveries are very similar. And, um, you know, sleep's a big one, too. We, we really do not give sleep the credit that is due. And when we figure out, oh, my gosh, I'm only sleeping four hours a night. This is really kind of leading to all of these things. But, yes, yeah, so it, it can be a challenge in that they come to me. And, and, and those types of clients are, well, I want to lose 50 pounds or, um, you know, whatever that looks like is generally around losing weight. And so one of the things that we really start to dig into is, okay, so we, we want, we want to lose weight, but what really is your ideal vision of best health all around? And when you start to dig into that, then you can really start to shift that mindset that the losing weight part just becomes the side effect that, that part really isn't the critical part to the wellness that that the critical part is is feeling good and and understanding what serves your body and, and really supporting that and that's when it gets really fun when they make those discoveries and sometimes we do have to really kind of center around that mindset of um you know, okay, this is beyond just fitting in the skinny jeans. You know, this is uh, wow. I, I'm really making some discoveries here. And generally, when we go through kind of that beginning holistic approach, they usually pick up on that pretty quickly. Of like, yeah, okay, that there is more to this, and that just comes from you know really kind of digging into some of their values, digging into their vision of of what health looks like to them. Yeah, I think I think that value and vision uh, exercise can help uncover um, habits that weren't recognized as being unhealthy or un, you know not serving people well and and, and you know starting in in those spots like stop you know instead of this do this and 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 those, those incremental changes that can can have huge impacts. Um, you mentioned that the county um, has those incentive programs. How how prevalent is that? Do you see that growing throughout um, our nation of insurance companies and corporate wellness and institutions and governments and things adopting and seeing the value of health coaching? And and I, I'm really excited about what I what I see as a huge uh, demand and and uh, you know need for health coaching and the growth industry. I mean, what, what have you seen since you've been doing this and, and um, what are some of the, you know, some more of the bright spots and, and trends that you see in, in this industry? Well, the rose colored glasses in me says, yes, this is awesome. And everyone is finding value in this service. Um, I do think that it's up to us. It is, is health coaches to get the word out and to say, Hey, you know, it, if it came down to just knowing what to do, then every single patient in America would be successful with their health goals. Um, and, and that's the bottom line is we all know what we need to do. We're all seeing our physicians where we, we all have that understanding of I am diabetic, I probably need to start paying attention to what happens with my glucose levels and, and what, how is this food affecting me? But the bottom line is we just don't know how. And that is where the health coach steps in is how 
can I make these modifications? How can I change my behavior to better serve what I know I need to be doing? And so when we can figure out the how, then we can really start to move some mountains. And so once our society figures out that, yes, this is such an integral part of behavior change because our physicians do not have time to figure out the how with the patients because the beauty of the how is there isn't a how that's exactly the same for everybody. We all live different lives. We all have different things that are going on every day in our life. So even if you and I had the same diagnosis, our hows are going to look completely different. And so we cannot expect our physicians to sit and figure out how this patient is going to reduce their A1C. It's just too much. So that's the beauty of the health coach is then we can step in, take all of that critical information. Okay, this is what we know about your health. Let's figure out knowing what you do every day, you knowing you, you know, at the end of the day, and we'll probably get into this when we talk about misconceptions of health coaching, but, you know, we really are, when you see a physician, you're the smartest doctor in the room. You know, you know your body better than anybody else in the world. And so what health coaching does is we really appreciate that. And so when we can step in and work alongside that physician, then we can really, really start to make some changes because we're working together and figuring out that how. I I, I love that. I think, you know, the way I see it, and I'm going to be very reductionist here in that, you know, physicians and, and uh, care providers in, in the I'll just call it sick care world is that, you know, they're there to treat a symptom um, and they're there to put the Band-Aid on and to pres prescribe the pill that's going to address, you know, the 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 the, the physiological uh, acute condition that's being presented. Um, and that's almost easier because, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's liver is and I've, I'm, I'm poaching this quote and I'm going to probably butcher it, too. But everyone's liver is essentially the same. But the way everyone's, you know, got their liver in the condition that it's in, <laughs> there's there's a myriad of, of unique uh, circumstances that got people to that. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sort of leaning towards, you know, alcohol. Uh, use disorder, I think, is the PC way of putting that. Um, so, so it's it's almost the the wellness, the health care part of that is harder because you you are having to look at this holistic um, view of this of this client and help help them help themselves into a healthier physiology and that goes through mindset that goes through emotions that goes through all those things so to me it's 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 like uh so much harder also because the uh, in the coaching spirit you know we are not prescribers we are guides mm -hmm. and we are partners with that person to help them find that inside themselves to create that health healthier version of them so i'm you know I, I just really love that that's what we're doing but i also feel like our job uh you know my job in the future as a health coach uh one day is is 
immensely harder than the the person who goes to med school for four years in the residency for two and learns how to prescribe different medications um, in, during a seven to fifteen minute visit. Sorry, doctors, I'm not belittling you, but uh, you know I just see that uh, you, you know the coaching profession is it, it takes a really dedicated um, and and you know highly trained uh, a process to get there so i let me think what my question is <laughs> <laughs> so well I, i'll add two cents to that because i agree it's um it's so easy to take a pill you know it's easy <laughs> um i do hope um you know moving forward I do think that as we transition into value-based medicine, that hopefully our role as a health coach is going to become more and more critical because at the end of the day, we do just want to get our populations healthy and we want to be reimbursed on health as opposed to just that fee for service. And so I do hope that the trends with value-based healthcare are moving more in a direction of showing the value in health coaching and empowering that client that, you know what, I don't have to rely on this pill. And, and, you know, gosh, there's so many layers of an onion that we could dig in when it comes to that. But if we can, you know, and and that's where we do need the buy-in of the physicians of like, you know what? Yes, it could be really easy. You know, you, you see the commercials for like the continuous glucose monitor and he's in the restaurant and he's eating all the things and it's awesome. And he's like, I just look right here and it tells me if this is <laughs> OK. And it's like, you know, the, the messaging out there to some degree, it, it's not our patient's fault because it is the messaging that they are receiving. And so we really have to be that wellness advocate. We do because it is a spectrum. It's not about just getting you healthy, but wellness is well beyond being healthy. And so when we can start to change the conversation and that begins with the physician of, you know what, there are ways that if we change your lifestyle, all of this goes away. All of this goes away, but it's going to take a little bit of work in getting you there. And that's where the empowerment from the coach and the understanding that you can do anything we can have. We can figure out your how. I have no doubt we can figure out your how. We just need to have the opportunity to figure out the how. Wow. So I'm going to. Uh, continue on with this the messaging just for a, a brief and then 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 we'll move on but uh you know i've been re- really really disappointed in in the last 20 months in the messaging that uh that no one's talked about health and wellness and lifestyle change they've all been it's all been uh band-aided uh with uh well i'll just skip ahead into the vaccine it's like oh here you'll get a free donut or a dozen donuts or you'll get a hamburger if you do this and and boy you don't have to look at your vitamin c you don't have to look at your sunlight exposure you don't have to look at your sedentary lifestyle you don't you know in fact we're going to close the gyms and keep the abc store open you know those those things really bug me in this whole thing of 
the government saying that they're concerned about our safety, yet there's nothing in the national conversation about about health and wellness. Not really. So uh, do you have anything to add to that? I know it's controversial in some circles, but I just had to get that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, boy, what a soapbox. I agree in the closing our parks and the closing our gyms, you know, I my poor husband, because over and over again, I'm like the it's the very thing that's keeping us from getting COVID. And and we know this and I'm by no means a specialist on the data, especially with the Delta variant. I, you know, I, I cannot speak to the Delta variant as much as kind of when we were first getting into this, that hands down, the data is showing us that if you are metabolically unhealthy, you are the ones that are really suffering from this. Um, And that was pretty undeniable. And yes, no one, no one's talking about it. Um, And it is quite frustrating because we have the power. We have the power to change our lifestyle. And, and so many of these diseases, they're all lifestyle. It's lifestyle at the end of the day. And, and even some of those other you know, health concerns that creep up when we create, and gosh, we could get all into epigenetics, but, you know, when we create a setting that we can thrive, then even when we have some of those things that are underlying, we are creating an environment for them to grow in a healthy manner, as opposed to flipping on some of those genes that otherwise are kind of introducing some things that we're not too excited about them introducing. And so, I agree. I, I do think that we we really do need to address the elephant in the room of, you know, if we could reduce some of these risk factors most of the time through lifestyle, then, you know, COVID really wouldn't be quite the monster that it is. Mm. Amen. I mean, you know, even here at Wake Forest Baptist, they did a study on uh uh, obesity. And if your BMI was, I think, over 35, I mean, you had a more of a like 85% chance of, of, of death, um, you know, from, from getting COVID. So the outcome was not good. Um, but we didn't hear much of that in the national conversation. Instead, we put caution tape around the playgrounds and closed parks and, and things like that. So, I mean, just, just a boneheaded response and clearly uh, relying on uh, you know, the powers that be uh, for our lifestyle is, is, has clearly uh, been the wrong, <laughs> has, has clearly not, not served us well. But, okay, we'll move on from that because I don't want to get myself in trouble um, <laughs> being in a, in a health system. Um, but let's talk about some of the misconceptions and myths, okay? Um, you know, is a health coach a personal trainer? Let's start yeah. there. Okay, yes, great question. Um, no. Not at all. <laughs> I knew the answer, but for our listeners. <laughs> so, you know, the health coaching. When I first see a client who, who's not really familiar with health coaching at all, you know, I, I, I explain to them, okay, what, what is your idea of a health coach? What first comes to mind when you think of a health coach? And when we think of a coach, you know, generally the first thing that comes to mind is like, it's that person that's got the whistle and it's like, drop and give me 20 and you're going to do this, 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 and this. And, uh, you know, and then we're going to go about, you know, the next session of this, 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 and, you know, that is 
not at all what health coaching is. Um, it is not our job to tell that person what to do. And so, you know, so many times we have that person and they sit down, and they're like, I just want you to tell me what to do. And it's like, well, <laughs> that's actually not at all what's going to happen here. Um, you know, it, it's all about forming a partnership and working together to determine what is your how? How are you going to do this? And, you know, that goes back to, you know, when we are in front of that physician, you know, that patient being the smartest doctor in the room. No one knows oneself better than themselves. And so who am I to tell you what type of exercise you need to do? You know, I, you know, I tell my clients all the time, if, if we're having a discussion, it's like, okay, well, you're going to get up tomorrow morning and exercise is what you want to work on. And you're going to hit the gym at 5.30 a.m. because you have to be at work at 8. And we know that this and this is happening after work. So 5.30 it is. Well, if you are not a morning person, that is going to be a disaster. And so it really is about having discussions centered around what do you as the client think? The best plan is. And so it really is more, you know, the, I, I use the analogy with my clients is when you go, you know, we're here in North Carolina. And so we have all sorts of hiking trails and mountains. And let's say we were to go to Hanging Rock and, you know, we wanted to get get to the top or we were going to do the waterfalls and you go in and you check in and the, the guide gets the map and he's got his highlighter marker and he's like, X, you're here. And then, OK, you want to take this trail all the way up and this is going to get you to the top. And so the difference with health coaching is, is we're going to take the map and we're actually going to navigate it together. So we're going to take, you know, the yellow dot trail until we get to the blue dot. And then we're going to decide together, OK, you knowing you, do you think we should take a left or a right right here? And so then we're going to take a left or a right, and then we're going to continue to hike together. And so it really is about a partnership. And within that partnership, ultimately, the client is deciding what's going to be the best next step. Because when it comes from us, then we're motivated to do it because we know what's going to work best for us. And again, you know, it's just like we talked about earlier, everyone's different. So there is no prescription. You know, you're never going to sit down with a health coach who's has a little prescription pad of like, oh, okay, this is the way you want to eat. You know, you want to lose 50 pounds. Here's your little diet plan. Okay. Well, you know, if asparagus is on there four times a week and you hate asparagus, well, that's not going to work. So, it can. Everyone is so different that it's really about us working together. There's no expert hat. I am not here to tell someone, which again, and you alluded to this in the very beginning, how difficult was it to move from audiologist who is telling someone what to do, how to take care of hearing aids, you know, tell, telling parents how their children are going to adapt to this versus being the partner and not necessarily telling someone what to do, but working with them as their partner in discovering what the best step is. Um, and that's the big difference between wearing that diagnostic slash, uh, you know, medical field hat versus um, being that coach 
it, it, it really is allowing the client to determine because the beauty of that is once you go through that, then they understand moving forward. Wow. OK, I was able to do this. And so that coach doesn't always have to be by their side when you lay that groundwork of allowing them to make the decisions, make the discoveries, learn from successful things in the past, then they are able to take any curveball that comes their way for the rest of life because there's always going to be a curveball. There's always going to be something that we want to, you know, do better or change. Then it really empowers them to move forward and have the confidence to move forward with anything that comes their way. Yeah, I think uh, to put that in medical parlance, too, is that the number one failure of medicine is is compliance and adherence to prescriptions. Yeah. So so we know that there is a, you know, a large percentage of people who just don't even take what they're prescribed. So um, when they prescribe their own uh, remedies, let's say, through coaching that they we help them find. Um, for themselves, then there's going to be a whole lot higher level of compliance and adherence. And it's same with the personal trainer. If if they go to the gym and they have a miserable experience for the first three visits, they're probably not going to go back the fourth and or the yeah. fifth. And they're just going to, you know, that's going to fail. So so I, I you know, I appreciate your your explaining or, or you know, breaking that down for us. Now, next question: um, What's the difference between a life coach and a health coach? Mm, that's a great question. Um, Hmm. So I, I guess I can only speak from a health and wellness coach perspective. Um, I think the biggest difference and I, I think that really why kind of all of this started when it comes to national certification is there's a lot of terms out there in the world. And so not being a certified life coach, I don't know that I even necessarily know the steps that some life coaches take to become certified life coaches. Um, but I can speak on the side of health and wellness coaching. And that is that it is um, a nationally certified, nationally recognized um, certification process because there really was no standardization out in the world. And so there were people that were, oh, well, I'm a health coach, I'm a this coach, I'm this. And and it was really important um, to really kind of establish some uniformity around expectations um, and understanding that when you are doing this, there is a method to the madness, basically, that you you have been trained and in the behavior change techniques, you have been changed, trained and, you know, uh, understanding the difference between telling someone what to do and being a true coach that is there to listen and evoke as opposed to direct. And so um, that would be, I would imagine, the biggest difference is that, you know, there there is now credentialing out there for that very reason. So that if you are working with a health coach and they are nationally board certified, then, you know, they have taken the steps. Um, and, and they've gone through the necessary education, the necessary testing to show that, yes, they are on this track of understanding exactly what a health coach is and how empowering that can be. And it's it's pretty rigorous. Um, I will say I 
you know, I am a board certified audiologist as well. And the uh, certification exam for health and wellness coaching was um, it was not easy. It was kind of like being back, taking that audiology board. <laughs> so there's a lot of rigor there um, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, for very good reason. And I, I, I'm really proud of the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaches because they really are doing a great job in being advocates for this field and working with, um, you know, the medical field and really kind of setting this up and, and, and getting those credentials out there and even being an instructor of a certified classes, you can't, you cannot sit for the exam if you are not certified through a school that has gone through the process of getting certified through the Mm -hmm. national board. And so again, there's a lot of steps on the school's part and even getting credential to be able to teach the information that's out there. And so I, I have definitely learned from a instructor side and from a student side, uh, the, the rigor that goes into establishing these standards. And so it is, um, you know, they have a lot to be proud of and a lot to celebrate in the things that they are doing um, for this field. And it's exciting. Um, it's exciting. And I do think that it is, it's growing. And, you know, to kind of step back to that question is, it, it is taking off and we are really making a difference. Um, insurance companies are starting to pay attention to that. And hopefully we are going to be able to bill for this soon. And we're, we're going through the motions of getting all of that set up. And again, that's where the national board has really, really taken that on to, um, to get that up and going. And so hopefully we're going to be moving to category one soon. We're all anxiously waiting for that day to happen. Um, so well, think, probably a loaded answer to that question, but. Well, no, I, I think the accreditation gives it that legitimacy. And then also as it becomes a recognized billable thing in healthcare, it, it just, it, it, it ratchets it up the uh, importance and legitimacy even more. And I think, you know, just to add to my own question or to answer my own question, what I know about life coach is it's more professional based, you know, for career maybe relationship kinds of things specifically, not so much, you know, in the, in the terms of holistic health and wellness. So mm-hmm. that's sort of the difference for, for the listeners out there. Now um, to continue on that line of questioning, um, where does the line draw between health and wellness coaching and uh, therapy? Oh, that's a great question. Um, we are by no means therapists. Um, and there is a, a big difference. Um, you know, one of the great things about health and wellness coaches is that we are very in tune with um, understanding our scope of practice and understanding what health coaching is. And, and health coaching is very future oriented. Just to kind of talk a little bit about the differences. It, it's very future oriented. You know, it's it's what is your vision of best health and what are we going to do to get you there versus some of those things that may be kind of creeping in from your past. Um, and so th- there isn't a lot of talking about, well, I wonder why you continue to do this behavior or, you know, we're not really about kind of digging into to the why and the, the what's going on here and what's the psychology behind some of this. We're really talking about 
how are we going to move you forward in getting you into that state of best health when you think about yourself as that person you want to be? How are we going to get you there? Um, and with that being said, you know, we, we're very aware of some of those red flags that come up. And so um, we regularly refer to, um, to counselors when needed. And that is something that sometimes we will see because there are some, some deep issues that may come up and um, we are very comfortable referring. Um, I actually have a few clients that um, we, we share. And so I, they work very closely with a counselor here in town. And so we're working on health goals and they're working some, you know, some of those more counselor issues. And, uh, you know, it is an area that that we do see sometimes and are very comfortable in referring. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of recognizing when it's more of a psychological issue or substance abuse or deeper issues to, to make that referral. And that's part of that uh, you know, health coaching code of ethics as well, mm -hmm. which I think is important to, to mention. Um, so let's get down to a uh, couple of things, brass tacks, um, letting our listeners know, uh, you know, what does it take to become a health coach? That Describe that process and then um, followed on by what a typical uh, health coach client relationship, sort of the 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 span of that relationship and the length of sessions mm -hmm. and, the, and and kind of the agreement there and how all that works. Okay, kind of logistics. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. Well, what was the first certification? How does how do I be? How, I mean, I'm taking a class which is a nationally certified program um, that has an X number of hours. So if you could kind of you know logistics and how many hours are required, and then what is that? Um, what does that qualify me for? And then what happens next? What happens then? Okay. Yeah. Yes. So you do have to take um, your certification through a credentialed school. So if you are truly interested in becoming a health and wellness coach, really your best resource is going to be the national board, their website, and they have a list of schools that are credentialed to teach. And usually that school is going to let you know as you're looking because they all know that if you want to sit for the exam, then it has to be a credentialed course. So if they are credentialed, they are going to be very quick to tell you that they are credentialed. So when you're searching, so you do have to sit through a credentialed class. Um, the class structure looks different from class to class, but again, it's um, pretty rigorous and there are a lot of hours involved. The way that the Randolph Community College and the way that we work is it is a full in-person class. There are some virtual classes out there. There are some hybrid classes out there. Um, my understanding with Duke is they have um, you you meet sometimes via Zoom and then you actually meet in person over a couple of weekends and, and do some coaching there. We are fully in person. Um, it, it was very important to us um, to establish that rapport and really have some. We have a very heavy focus on the actual coaching itself. So there is a lot of information, but at the same time, it's a lot of hands on. It's a lot of coaching. And that's really where you are going to thrive in becoming a better coach is just that experience of being in front of somebody and just doing it, diving in. Um, so once you pass your test, then you will need to obtain 50 
sessions before you can sit for the exam. And your 50 sessions will start once you receive that certification. So you sit through the class, then you're going to have 50 coaching sessions under your belt. At that point, you can sign up to take the exam. They offer the exam, I think, twice a year at this point. Um, you will sit for that exam. And then after you sit for the exam, it generally takes a couple of months, at least right now, because they're still kind of going through test questions and all of that good stuff before you find out. Um, and then you are good to go. Now, once you finish taking the class, um, you, you can practice as a health and wellness coach. You know, you don't have to have the national certification in order to be able to be a health coach. It's just that is really gold standard. You know, that is end goal, really, of if you are going to be a health and wellness coach. But you are able to get out there and start doing some coaching before you actually sit for that exam. So that's nice. Um, and then you're good to go. All right. And then describe logistically, like, okay, so um, just briefly describe some of the scenarios in which coaching is done. I mean, I know, like, group settings in, in, in uh, you know, primary care practices for, di you know, diabetic patients, things like that, where, you know, mostly, like, registered nurses will get health coach certified and provide that services so they, they can bill for them. Um, and then there's private practice and probably corporate wellness and some of those uh, environments. But, um, you know, if, if I missed any, maybe fill in the gaps there. And also, like, describe what the course of a relationship between coach and client looks like. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, health coaches, gosh, there's so many settings um, that, that you can practice in. And you really hit on some big ones, you know, even CVS is hiring health coaches right now. I mean, there, there are really opportunities everywhere for a health coach. Um, generally, the way that it works is, and again, it will depend on the setting and it will depend on what you, you're looking at. You know, we have a physician here in Ashboro, their office, and they offer health coaching. Um, which is awesome. You know, how exciting that our physicians are bringing this into their practice and they do have group sessions um, predominantly is my understanding. And um, so again, so many opportunities, but generally what I, I'll just speak to more of a private setting because that's probably the, the heaviest of how, how that relationship would work. Just so when you work with a client, um, generally you're going to meet for anywhere for three to six months is what, you know, I can speak for my practice and what I've seen um, is most effective. Um, and within those meetings, um, you can have weekly meetings or you can have every other. Um, I have personally found that weekly meetings tend to be more effective and that actually shortens that total coaching time. Um, but a lot of structures are set up by weekly. And so that really just, again, depends on the practice and where you are. Generally, those sessions last anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, depending on what you're digging into. And um, you just begin, you know, once you kind of figure out where we stand on that holistic view of, OK, where are some of those areas I want to work on? Then we really hone into a, a focus of, OK, this is a specific area I want to start on. And it really comes down to a very, very small step approach. 
And so again, when you have that person that's like, oh, I just want to lose the 50 pounds or, you know, I'm, I'm just so ready to be there. You know, we really have to change that mindset. And, you know, I'll tell my clients, you know, it's a marathon and you can't start a marathon and cross the finish line at the same time that it's impossible. You have to take all of the steps to get you through those 26 miles. And the beauty of that is each individual step is what gets you closer to that finish line. And so what health coaches work on are all of those individual steps. And that's what starts to lay the path of the how. How are we going to do this? And so it can seem like just these tiny little steps in the beginning, but all of those steps add up. And that's the beauty because the the end goal is we want to feel good about ourselves and we want to feel positive and we want to create confidence. And so when we allow ourselves to take a big enough step that it stretches us, but a small enough step that we know we can accomplish it and that you know, there's there's two big components. How important is it to for me to take this step and how confident am I that I can take this step? When we have that importance and confidence in check, we know we're going to succeed. And when we succeed at this step, it's just going to build and we're just going to keep moving those steps forward until we reach that end goal. Um, if, what, how long is a typical coaching session in that, you know, for, for each session in the, say, a three to six month uh, uh, contract, let's say? It's generally between 30 to 30 minutes to an hour. OK. And it really does just depend on what some some appointments are a little. The beginning is a little bit heavier content than than once you're kind of in the groove. You're just checking in. You're seeing how the goal's doing. You're discovering any barriers that may have come up. And so those tend to move a little quicker than the ones in the very beginning. Yeah, I, I took a Coursera course called Health Coaching Conversations that was out of the NHS in the UK. And, you know, they were doing it in five to seven minute <laughs> sessions. Um, so so it was real, you know, quick to the point, get to a get to a goal for the next week and, and stop, you know, and wrap up and, and, you know, and try to hold some accountability in that. So it was pretty interesting to see how they approach it with such a short period of time. And I guess because the volume and because it's nationalized healthcare, it's in their interest to keep the population healthier. Um, you know, so that, that was an interesting approach and um, yeah, speed coaching. <laughs> speed coaching. So that, that, that was interesting. Well, um, you know, in this day and age of, uh, you know, of, of sedentary lifestyles and, and mixed messaging for health and, and what we can do um, to improve our health. And, you know, we've seen was obesity rates up 22 percent in the U.S. in the last 18 months, um, smoking rates, higher alcoholism, uh, intimate partner violence. I mean, there's just all these things that paint a fairly dire picture. So I think the need um, and, and the demand for health coaching is only going to increase. Do you feel that? And do you see that happening? I, I do. Um, and again, I, I think it's up to us as health coaches to really get that message out that every single person is worthy of change. Every single person is worthy of their health. They are. And every single person has the capability to change. And that is exciting. 
And so the more we can really empower our patients with that, yes, I can do this, then the more we can start to combat all of these things that have that have come out. And, and, you know, I think that it's our job to really, you know, we're so quick to fall on all of the negatives that COVID has brought about us. And it's so easy to kind of fall into, you know, that whirlwind of, oh my gosh. And so, you know, if we can just give that patient a glimmer of, well, you know, let's just stop and think about some things that we've maybe learned from COVID and how can we take this and move us in a positive direction so that it doesn't seem so doom and gloom. And so that we do know, gosh, you know what? I do have the power. I've got the power. I may not know how yet, but together we can figure out the how, you know, that's the easy part. We just have to spread the word that it's possible. You know, anything's possible. Spread the word. That's what we're doing here. Well, Beth, not tell us how people can find out more about your coaching business. Um, give us your website, and then also the 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 uh, the course at Randolph Community College. Um, so, what is your website and all that good stuff? Yeah. So my website is just BethNotHealthAndWellness.com. Um, And if you are interested in becoming a health coach, you can log on to RCC's website. And usually it's one of the little screens that's kind of flipping through the home page there. But you can certainly check in. It is part of the continuing education department. So if you just click in to continuing education, then it should be right there. Um, I am always available to chat if you have questions about health coaching or have questions about becoming certified as a health coach. Um, My phone number, my email, everything is on my website. It's all right there. Um, I am happy to chat with anyone at any time. So please do not um, hesitate to reach out. Um, I would love to continue to spread the word and talk. So I'm, I'm always here. And that's B-E-T-H-K-N-O-T-T healthandwellness.com. Beth Nutt, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast today. This was a great conversation. I enjoyed it immensely. Yes, it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for reaching out.